everyone, greetings and good day, and welcome to the first regular season edition of Birds All Day, episode 108. We are here uh, talking about your uh, one and two at the time of recording Toronto Blue Jays. My name is Drew Fairservice, uh, and as I said, this is Birds All Day, where we do in fact talk about uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. And joining me to do just that, joining me uh, as always, old reliable, old reliable Mr. James Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, the baseball games are on uh, the television and in the world for people to watch, and they count, and they are tremendous. Let me tell you. <laughs> Nothing like <laughs> seeing that shitty rug at the trough. Nothing like doing that, or um, this is like definitely the honeymoon phase of the baseball season. I, at one point the other night, uh, the Jays, I guess, were off on Tuesday. Um, I caught myself, literally caught myself, um, in almost like in the midst of a shameful act. Like you've done something, you've gotten out of control, you've done something that you shouldn't have. Um, you realize that you are not in uh, the full. I, I don't know the uh, kind. I don't, of your, I don't know what you're talking about. Does this happen to you um, often? I don't. These these seem like unfamiliar situations to me. Well, I was, I was actually doing the dishes mm-hmm. in my home, and I looked up and I realized that I had been um, happily. Watching the Rockies and the Brewers play baseball against each other uh, in a game, I should add, importantly, uh, that Eric Thames was not playing. He was not in the starting lineup, and I was still watching it. And I had to realize that this was a bad idea (laughs) and not where I wanted my life to go. So I quickly changed it off because um, I'm not in a Brewers-Rockies Tuesday night kind of place yet. Um, although it was nice to be there, and I, to be watching, being like, "Oh, maybe the Rockies are good." Oh, you never know. Uh, the Rockies—I wouldn't sleep on the Rockies entirely. They—they've got some guys somewhere, and you know, with their pitching, they, who, who the hell knows who's going to be able to pitch in that fucking ballpark anyway? So that John know. Gray guy looks like he can pitch, but uh, but that's about it. The, all the, the rest of them are all trash. The Brewers are. Absolute trash. I, I tweeted today. I was looking around. I was combing the uh, free agent pool in my in my ridiculously deep uh, fantasy league. Mm. I'm like, oh, Matt Garza is still in this Yahoo fantasy league. That's crazy. Matt Garza must have been out of baseball for how long now? <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, he's been in Milwaukee for three years. The Brewers are in not. They're in a transitional phase. You see, they <laughs> yeah. traded John Lucroy last year, and that. Uh, Signal that they signed our boy Eric Thames, the king of the world. He had a home run yesterday. It was delightful. You don't hear so much uh, anymore about uh, the old Canadian pat on the backs, pats on the back for, oh yeah, you know, we've got a Canadian general manager there in Milwaukee. Uh, Not so much. Got to keep that on the down low nowadays. For some reason. Well, they have a new general manager though. Oh, that's right, they do. Well, that would probably a be child. a big part of why they don't. He why is you don't a hear literal that. child. <laughs> Uh, but well, then, what happened? In the right uh, what happened to what's his face? Because uh, Ash is still there. Did Melvin uh, get, get bumped up to the the above? Yeah, sorry. David Stearns is the is yeah. his name. He was born David Stearns, the general manager of the of Milwaukee Brewers in 1984. <laughs> well, fuck him then. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> fuck everybody uh, who's born in 1984. Uh, Craig, no, Kirk Council <laughs> is uh, no longer. He's the manager. Doug Melvin is Canadian as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to be the GM, and Gord Ash is around as well. That's somewhere. what I'm saying. Did they bump Doug Melvin up to the you know, the president's job or something? 
I honestly don't is know. He, I do not think was, about the, the Brewers at all, ever. He's the president of baseball operations. Oh, so there you go. Okay. I think that Gord Ash has much more of a phony baloney job, but close enough. Well, it's for the Brewers. Uh, I think it's a phony baloney job, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the Brewers' badness gets at um, one of the challenges facing your team, the team that we're here to supposedly talk about, which is the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brewers are very bad. The Padres are atrociously bad. The Reds are very bad. The Phillies are very bad. Uh, there's a whole host of teams in the National League that are like truly spectacularly bad. Bad on purpose bad. The Braves are close to that. Uh, the Marlins are accidentally in that zone. They could go either way, up or down. Um, but there's no really bad team in the American League. Who's that bad? Yeah, nobody's really that bad. It's true. The, the Royals are going to end up being that bad. The Royals are like the Marlins in that like they're worse than they should be, like or they worse than they thought they were gonna be, but Yeah, they're gonna end up trading away a bunch of guys and just Which packing it in early, the, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, well for sure. But it's gonna make the American League uh very interesting. And I think that here early in the season we gotta look at why it will be that interesting. And before I say why, I'm gonna go through the housekeeping part real quick. Of course, birds all day is a listener-powered podcast. Uh, all this is made possible by um, all everyone who has helped to support the podcast all along by heading over to our uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash birds all day and uh, kept us going and, and kicked us a couple bucks a month. It's very simple. You can do it. I uh, encourage you to check it out if you're so inclined. Heroes. Oh, thank you. Heroes, all of them. Every single Heroes, ex- one and all. Except the ones uh, born in 1984. Which we've established. Fuck anybody born in 1984. I think that that's not exactly what we established. Um, I think we established the people that, who are running baseball teams and were still <laughs> also born in 1984. Those people are menaces. But okay, that's probably regular people. That's probably more fair. Regular yeah. people who were born in 1984 who are, you know, now in their early 30s, uh, they're probably fine. Fine individuals, one and all. Uh, but the point that I'm really trying to make is a thank you to everyone who has supported Birth All Day across 108 episodes over two years, more than two seasons um, worth of us um, talking about a very good team that made the playoffs both years. And we've done so. And if you wanted to hear us do so, you can go to iTunes and search for Birds All Day. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to Podcatcher, whatever. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Birds All Day is a good place to get an RSS feed to get it directly. Now, do I think the Blue Jays are close to being a playoff team again? Uh, I do. I think they're good. And the things that are going to make them good have been on display this, the, here early in the season, which is say they've really pitched very well. But the challenge that they are facing is that the American League, as we just said, is, does not have any dogs in it. Right? The, who's really bad in the American League? The Twins, maybe. The Royals, maybe. The Angels, maybe. The Rays, maybe, but even that. Even Angels and Rays, yeah, don't sleep on them. Well, I mean, I like the Angels, and I, we, you and I have... We're familiar with this. that, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> not for nothing, but I got Parks on board as well with this. Oh, well, that Parks was, yeah, was that on board helps. of my Angels are a sleeper team, um, even though they have not looked good against the A's here early in the season. But again, they've only played three or four games. The Orioles, who we're so eager to count out, the Orioles are such a, a true wild card. Because who knows 
if they could ever get anybody out. Dylan Bundy, who started on Wednesday night against the Toronto Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and he pitched his ass off. He was very He was good. ridiculous. Yeah. And there's a nice little story on Fangraphs about how that's basically what an ace looks like. Because he doesn't throw as hard as he did when he was, you know, 20 years old and he rocketed to the big leagues. Uh, and then he blew his arm up and had Tommy John and, like, lost years. But he has so much... His stuff on, on Wednesday night against the Jays was so good, his secondary stuff, that has made his fastball play up that much more. Uh, you know, you... It's so annoying to say, you know, it's a cliche to be like, oh, you just got to tip your cap. But there's nothing else you could do. He, like, overmatched the Blue Jays. And I sometimes that just happens where everything was working as it needed to for him. He threw a slow curve. He threw that cutter slider thing. He threw fastball. He threw changeup. He was bonkers. And if he can do that again and, and Kevin Gaussman can pitch as well as he did on opening day, the Orioles are tough. That's a tough lineup regardless. But if they can get any kind of pitching... The Orioles are going to be something to contend with. Yeah. Yeah, that's a scary thought. I mean, Bundy was ridiculous, like you say. Um, I think in that piece, uh, Travis Sajic, the, like, speaking, I mean, how fucking prolific is Travis Sajic? It drives me nuts. It's like, like fucking 1,500 words, you know, four times a day. It's crazy. Making us all look bad out here, Travis. Uh, but he also mentioned that, you know, he was using a slider cutter thing that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh sort of for the first time in the big leagues or not, you know, hadn't really unleashed it as a starter in the way that he did. Uh, so that, that sort of heartened me a little bit into believing, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. not just going to be, he's an ace from here out, because that would be a terrifying thought. I, I thought back to Marcus Stroman last year, you know, had that great start on opening day, and then, uh, and then you know, the wheels fell off a little bit in the first half, and, you know, he's still obviously very good, and I'm sure we'll talk about him as well, because he pitched really well uh, here on Thursday when we're recording. But yeah, no, I, fans can't, you know, I hate, you know, I don't hate going up against the straw man of bad fans. Uh, mm-hmm. I, in fact, quite love it. It's uh, it's delicious fun because uh, people are terrible and wrong all the time. Uh, but, you know, fans hate the tip your cap to the pitcher thing and, and want to make it about, oh, these guys can't hit and look at the runners in scoring position stuff and look at all that. But yeah, it was, it was Bundy pitching his ass off and, and you know, just keeping them completely off balance with stuff that just all you know all his pitches were working. He uh, uh, he was really good. It was scary. You don't want to see that. But he's a um, guy. He's a guy that you know it's easy to believe in too because he was just so hyped coming up, and it's been you know bumps in the road and a good you know if he does become something good for Baltimore and a, a much better pitcher than we've seen so far from him, it's a. a a demonstration of how uh, development is not linear because it's been anything but for him. Uh, one thing was uh, Nick Stellini of Fangrass actually wrote that piece. Um, oh, did he really? He sh- yes, he shouted out the. <laughs> he and Sachek had previously written about Dylan Bundy. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, but uh, Nick Stellini with that uh, follow-up piece. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right about Dylan Bundy, and I mean people who have been following or listening to you and I along the way. Um, um, would would know, you know how how I feel and, and and if you aren't familiar with some of Bundy's numbers again, so he was a kid who was um, potentially like a first overall draft pick, uh, the kind of guy who was looking for like a you know which, which is kind of a um, uh, 
they don't do it anymore, but he, used to be, he wanted a, like a big league contract right. to sign when he got drafted. Um, and which actually, you know, yeah, and I, he got it actually, but he didn't get like the huge $30 million, but because he's out of options, right? So that was sort of the thing where he kind of got pressed into duty last year because they couldn't send him down anymore. Um, but he was, he had the one, his first year, so he was right out of high school, and he had like a 40% strikeout rate and a 2% walk rate. He struck out 40 guys in 30 innings with two walks playing um, A ball as, a, as an 18 year old. I mean, like, he's, he's insane. He's an insane. He has all the pedigree, and he showed that pitchability and that pitch, that cutter slider mm-hmm. thing, which is what the Orioles took away from him for a long time because they were worried about his arm, and then it blew up anyway. But uh, uh, there's a lot of it's just the way that it the way that it works, you know, the way that the American League works this year that there are uh, teams that are teams that are hinging their success on a couple different players and and teams that are have obvious strengths. And again, we saw them um, in the Orioles lineup. Right where you know, Jay Happ pitched really well, and yeah, he, made, he absolutely did. Yeah, he made like two mistakes. He you know had a couple pitches that he did not get away with. That like that was it. He just didn't get away with those mistakes. And uh, Jason Grilly, or um, it was Grilly who lost, who pitched in extra innings. Correct, gave up the the one who gave up the Trumbo, yeah, Trumbo home run. Yeah, that was Grilly. So Grilly made two. He made two back to back. He got away with one and not the second. And yeah. I mean, it's. You know, against the against a team like Baltimore, that that's how it can work. If you don't take advantage of their pitching, and their bullpen is still very good, Brad Bach, Brock, whatever, was really good the other night, and mm-hmm. and then the Jays actually got a little bit to um, both times they got to Britain, yeah, Zach they got Britain. to Britain, yeah. but but uh, you don't really expect that. I mean, he threw a pitch, he threw one of those pitches that he throws to Bautista. I think it was the count was like one one. It was. 97 miles an hour, and I swear it broke a foot straight down. Like, what even <laughs> right. is that? Yeah. How is that allowed? Um, but yeah, the Orioles are they are easy to dislike. They're loathsome. Yeah. But they're well, going to... They are. They could be good. They could, I mean, good is maybe be a, a stretch, but they could absolutely be a nuisance. Yeah, it's like you're looking around... And, and wanting to catch the back end of, of different teams' rotations. The good, the good thing is that the Jays do have the pitching uh, that's going to keep them in a lot of games. Uh, Jason Grilly, who we mentioned, or who you mentioned, you know. Uh, that guy's scaring me a little bit. Uh, but as far as the starting pitching, I think the, you know, the bullpen will sort itself out, and uh, hopefully Grilly gets it a little bit more together. He was fine tonight, and has been okay so far, despite the mistakes to Trumbo, but... Uh, coupling that with the way that he pitched down the stretch last year is, uh, and you know, the fact that he's 40 <laughs> and like making the old man grunt every time he throws one. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good today though. He looked all uh, right. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, not his typical situation, you know, he didn't come in to pitch a clean inning. Um, mm-hmm. no, he looked, it's okay. He got it, he, but maybe this is, maybe this is just me, uh, being afraid and then looking and finding things to be afraid of, but I don't know. I was definitely nervous when he was brought in to face Lomo, to face Logan Morrison. I was wary of that choice, but <laughs> he got away with striking him out um, twice, actually. He struck out Lomo, uh, he threw uh, strike three and then strike four were both uh, effective pitches after strike three was called a ball. But, uh, yeah, no, but it's a, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little wary of, of Grilly. Um, it'd be, it's interesting uh, 
Joe Biagini came in in what was looked a little bit like a tough situation, but was also like not at all a tough situation. Came in with runners on base, but also facing like the ass end of the Rays lineup. Mm-hmm. Got that first pitch double play, and then he got another first pitch out. I'm like, man, he's got three outs on two pitches. That's pretty good. Uh, but but you never know. Like as the season progresses, guys float and they sink, and and maybe it's be a genie that we see in those sort of grilly type spots. And as Osuna comes back, then everyone shuffles down. And I'm not so worried about the bullpen. Yeah, you know. Uh, but it, uh, uh, What's his face? Uh, Joe Smith's looked all right. J.P. Howell. I'm I'm very comfortable with these guys so far. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen enough of them to be terrified every time they come out. Uh, Aaron Loop. I think everybody obviously <laughs> has their feelings about Aaron Loop. I try to be an Aaron Loop apologist, and sometimes it's still fucking hard. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think you're right. The bullpen isn't isn't where you're worried. I don't think there's a lot to worry about on this team, except for you know, like you say, it's gonna be a slog every night it's going to be a lot of good teams are going to face yeah i I, that's a seems like a healthy and realistic way to approach the season that this isn't the back half 2015 when they were running everybody over um because that's just not who they are and it's not who the teams they're playing are that the parody in the american league is very real and even a team like the rays that's that is for the most part not uh, good enough to compete for the division title. They are good enough to be a real thorn in the side of all the other teams. Right? The Orioles are going to hate facing the facing the Rays and the Yankees, and the Rays are circling the drain on their own. I don't know, but you know the <laughs> the lineup is they're they're pesky. They're the pesky Rays. They have that really formulaic pitching. These guys all throw high fastballs, and they try to throw changeups in the dirt after you swing at the fastball. But uh, you know, like that Blake Snell, the kid that pitched today, like he's pretty good, right? Like I don't, yeah. yeah. You walk the ballpark today, but they couldn't really hit him. Um, and then they've, you know, they got like Tommy Hunter in the bullpen and some other random guy you know his name, and then you're like, what that guy? And then he comes in, and it's like, oh, he throws 95 now again. I don't know. Yeah, Tom, but, I mean, Tommy Hunter looked really good. I mean, the Jays, I, I don't know if they were, I, I don't. I would never say they're, they've given up or anything like that. It, it was kind of, you know, the game was a foregone conclusion and the uh, the atmosphere in the stadium is not uh, exactly electric. So I don't maybe that was something to do with it. But Hunter looked great. I think he went through uh, uh, the middle of the Jays' order, basically, and, and was, uh, looked pretty good. So, that's you know, some, I mean, that's that, fucking Tommy Hunter. So what, what, what am I bothering to praise him for? But I mean, Well, we're, and we're going out of our way... We're going out of our way to credit the opposition. Where there, are, there's some Jays at bats that have maybe not gone as well as as one would have hoped, and uh, the, it seems. It, I mean, it's very early, of course. Not that it means too much, but there is an element of like, well, Jays are sure striking out a lot again. There is feels like <laughs> there's definitely that so far. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're not going to face Bundy every night, who was who was obviously electric, and Snell can strike guys out. And it, it, but you're right. Uh, I mean, strikeouts strikeouts are up everywhere, so maybe that's the excuse. I've, I've felt that they've had <laughs> strikeouts good, are up. Hmm? I felt they've had really good at bats though for you know quite a lot actually. You know the the games in Baltimore at the at the end against Britain especially, but even at the, you know late in the games, you know I think. Uh, uh, Pierce has been really battling, and Morales was battling in, in a bunch of at bats, and really, 
uh, fighting to stay alive and to and, and, and I don't know not it, it just it has it has a different feel. This is just a complete like uh, abstraction kind of thing, but it just has a different mm. feel than than last year when you know especially when Martin stopped going at the end of last year and when. Uh, you know, you had smoke in there a bunch, and you had Upton there swinging away at stuff, and it just felt like, you know, and Pilar was Pilar and coming back from that wrist injury, which maybe didn't, I don't know how, I remember, I've looked at the stats, and it, he was actually half, you know, just about the same coming back from the wrist injury as, as not, but, you know, the, that was that was the pre-transformation Kevin Pilar, right? So that's like four guys, uh not playing every day, but that's that's a lot of guys who at the bottom of the lineup were just sort of killing you, if not literally, uh, spiritually. And it at least doesn't feel like we're at that place. And, you know, I mean, we've only looked at three regular season games so far. Uh, and obviously the hits have been a little bit <laughs> light in coming, and, and the, the timely ones especially. But, I don't know, it, it, it to me feels pretty good. Uh about where it's going to end up going, right? I think it's, uh, I don't know, it just feels like these are guys who are, are not going to have that much, as much swing and miss. Maybe, and, and again, feels like is probably bullshit, but whatever, it, it, it seems, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, obviously, again, like the Blue Jays are a, a good offensive team. Yeah. And up three games isn't going to do anything to change that. And the strikeouts will come and the strikeouts will go and the walks will come and the, the, the Blue Jays will hit for power. I mean, obviously, there's always the story of the night. So the other night it was an inability to convert with you know runners on base, which um, is something that you look at when the team doesn't score any runs as opposed to what the Orioles, who had zero plate appearances with the, <laughs> the with runners <laughs> in scoring base and still managed to win the game the other right. night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I... It, and the one thing I'll say is that I, I have, even though he's not good, I still have a lot of time for Darwin Barney. I feel like he's functionally good. Uh, the Jays played safety squeeze with him uh, today, and he, uh, and, he, and he reached, which, fine. I, I'm okay with safety squeezing when you have a lead and you have a not-league average hitter at the plate. Go ahead. The guy who got a functional bunk down, put some pressure on the defense, and it worked out. Hooray! Um, yeah, sure. I'm okay with that too. Actually, I think. Did you see the Gibbons quote about you know that's for oh for our friends up north? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's talking shit. God he knows he's him. listening yeah. right now. Gibby, what up? <laughs> um, I assume he can't understand our accents. No, that that's entirely possible. Yeah. Um. Uh. But the the I don't we I want to go back to it because we didn't talk about it enough. We kind of moved off of it. But Strowman uh, was great again tonight. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Kind of look, he was cruising, and then he had he had Marcus Strowman disease. He had ground ball pitcher disease, where all of a sudden, you know, a couple of balls get hit hard, a couple of balls find holes, and then it's three, four in a row, and a run is in, and it's time to move on to somebody else. But but uh, he looked terrific. What did he strike out the first four batters of the game as well? Something like that. That's really, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, really impressive. <laughs> You'd like to see the strikeouts maybe mixed in along the way a little better. Uh, uh, he was very much ground ball reliant and reliant on the defense, but that's you know that's why you got a pretty nice defense behind him, right? I mean, uh, I, was it four double plays that they turned tonight? It was uh, it was a nice thing, and it's a, a you know we talk about it, we we get it, but it's but it's a real <laughs> fucking asset to this team that uh, that infield defense is so good behind them, even though it's not you know 
love first guys necessarily. No, that's a good point. It's it, anyone could build a strong infield defense if you really wanted to. There are guys like you know your friend and mine, Matt Dominguez, guys like him kicking around everywhere, or Ryan Goins. You could, if you really wanted to have an everyday defense that was airtight, you could. But you can't win if you don't have you know an MVP cal- uh, ca- candidate at third base and a former annual uh, MVP candidate who's also above average for his position at shortstop and a strong hitting second baseman and a giant bag of air at first base. Like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Goins, uh, did any team pick him up on waivers? I didn't, uh, I haven't found out yet. I haven't heard. Did they waive Ryan Goins? Well, for like opening day, right? They were going to waive Goins. But they didn't because they released the other guy and they put, they put Osuna on. They did say there was trade interest in, in Goins. Yeah, and that none was, for Upton. That was the uh, Gideon uh, Gideon Turks report at uh, BP Toronto about that. Yeah, that they mm-hmm. they kind of they, they they're this. still talking. Did we talk about this? I think so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how we could have. Hmm. Opening day being having been mere days week. ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit, I guess, or maybe we already just did. I'm surprised. That- at the Upton thing, but I guess I'm not too surprised because it doesn't really cost him anything, right? It's right. just like free, you know, just like it was, uh, my thinking was that they would just let him go because he doesn't cost them. It also does, doesn't cost him anything to just walk away. Um, other than the fact that, you know, then they give him a chance to go find another job, I guess. Yeah, how's and that the, going? Well, and the talk was <laughs> that they would they could still potentially re-sign him and, and he would might accept a... a being sent down to to wherever that would be buffalo buffalo yeah it rains all the time <laughs> i think they'd be pleased if it rained all the time in buffalo uh yeah i i don't you know the hell do i know that that seems far-fetched to me they signed chris coglin which is you know maybe uh mm-hmm. you know not not the same guy but uh you know not a like for like replacement for upton but uh I don't know how good that situation is if you're a guy like Upton right now. If the the Jays obviously have shown that they're not super interested, there's still talk about Pagan. Uh, John Heyman wrote about that today. Um, Zeke's doing okay, I guess. You know, Zeke hasn't looked like. I mean, three games is not enough for me to start thinking, "Oh my God, what are they doing here?" Uh, but there's definitely that potential in Big Zeke. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it, it, it is a fascinating thing because I, the, the thing I, as, as a mere layman, uh, would be afraid of is that you get to a point in the season where you're like, oh, shit, yeah, this, this Zeke thing isn't working out. Uh, and also smoke is terrible, so we can't play Pierce in two spots. So who do we got on the farm to come up? Oh, wait, they're all garbage, too. Well, let's try to trade for somebody. And you're now in a point where, uh, you know, you're, you don't have a lot of leverage. The market isn't, you know, you, we hear every year uh, about how the trade market doesn't develop right away. It sort of takes its time. There's uh, guys get focused on the draft and teams don't like to punt on the season so early. So uh, so it, it could be a while with, with Big Zeke if they don't do anything else about this. Uh, and yet... The bar is so low that they, they probably could just cycle in a whole bunch of guys and see what sticks, which maybe is what we're going to end up getting. But uh, 
But it's interesting. It, they definitely took it in a way uh, by releasing Upton uh, that I don't think a lot of people expected. No, I, I don't think a lot of people expected. I think that they probably listened to the market, so to speak, in that if they tried to trade him, as Gideon reported, and found no interest, it's like, oh, what are we going to, like, why waste Why waste our, our time? Why waste our time and space and just be like, let's just move on? And, uh, and, and again, maybe give him a shot to get another job. And then just run around with that the Orioles style outfield, which is outfield defense doesn't matter, which seems to be the the ethos in in Baltimore. They were playing that Trey Mancini guy out there, um, looking every bit of a not outfielder. You made <laughs> yeah. some comment about his about his uh, his roots. Yeah, I, I, I made a baby elephant walk uh, joke for those for those fans of the arts out there. Uh. Which is to say, fans of like you made an indirect Simpsons reference. Or is that a direct Simpsons uh, reference? And, and Henry Mancini wrote "Baby Elephant Walk," and so oh uh, yeah, yeah. See, I I have uh, so Trey Mancini was like a first baseman coming up. Uh, I have many different pieces of like cultural ephemera that I only know of through the Simpsons. Ah, so so I was talking to somebody <laughs> about Rear Window. At work the other day, we were having a rear window, <laughs> right. and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then we went on, then I was like, "Millpool," like that's my only frame of reference. I've never yeah. actually seen that fine Hitchcock film, um, unless unless someone writes on a cast Millpool in in Rear Window. But uh, I so don't I apologize. Uh, well, yeah, da- yeah, because I, I, I'm a yeah, I'm a real fucking fancy ass patron of the arts here. No, I, I don't. Uh, I just know trivia. I don't actually understand anything about uh, high culture. I don't think Baby Elephant Walk counts as that anyway. So, we're both idiots then. Let there be no doubt. (laughs) That is true. What's up, fam? You know, baseball season is around the corner, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every Blue Jays game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing like seeing the best plays of the year in person. We've all been down to the games. It's uh, it's an incredible experience. With the Blue Jays when they're great, uh, you want to be there. You want to be there in person. You want to be in the stands. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You know, I have the app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I could be anywhere, just a few taps, I got my tickets to the game. It's uh, it's a tremendous thing, and it's not just the Blue Jays game. You know, you could go to Leafs games, you can go to concerts, comedy events, theater tickets, all sorts of stuff is on, t- on SeatGeek. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop SeatGeek tickets with confidence. Uh, and it'll just give you the most bang for your buck, plus... Listeners to Birds All Day, just like last year, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. When you do that, you enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, BIRDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. For real, $20. Holy shit. Do that shit. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. So I think the last point that I wanted to make, the last thing I wrote here, and we've kind of addressed it, and we kind of tend to do it. We tend to address it over and over and over and over, which is don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. We have to, for one reason, we have to. We have a trope that we need to uh, resume, which is um, there may never be another uh, episode of this show or another <laughs> baseball game ever played. 
Are you talking um, about you the lunatic know. guy who, uh, the guy from yes. the guy from the golf course dropping bombs on people? Yeah, that is what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, and the other thing is, it's so early, and people hate to hear that. And there's a difference between being upset or disappointed or having feelings associated with the outcome of a game, uh, with having the perspective after the game is over and after you know in the sober light of day, being like, they've uh, well, won one in a row now. They beat the Rays, lost two to the to the O's. Uh, the only thing I would say to worry about is the uh, Chris Sale. I worry a lot about him. I think that the Red Sox and the Astros uh, they keep me up at night. Uh, they make me um, they make me wish for many things, and it, most of them involve what uh, that which is already going to happen. Uh, things that are bad. Uh, I, I for the Red Sox, and he was yeah, really good. He was. I mean, I don't know why both those teams, because I, the, I think the the Jays have about as likely a chance of winning the AL West as they do the AL East. So <laughs> who cares? It's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, but I think at this point, is that is that what we're after? Is that is that no. what are your goals? Okay, let's talk about the big big picture then. What what constitutes a successful 2017 Blue Jay season for you, Andrew Not- Stoughton? Nothing short of the World Series. I, I you know, short, uh, short series, playoff baseball, that's fine. They're going to get to the playoffs. They, if they don't get to the playoffs, that is clearly an unsuccessful season. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me how it's how it happens, uh, if it's mm-hmm. the wild card or not. If they just get to the wild card game, I don't think that's good enough. Uh, the Red Sox are clearly the favorites in the division, but I don't think that the division is by any means uh, seeded to them yet. I think the Jays uh, certainly... Didn't be a real threat. I think the you know if Dylan Bundy keeps pitching like he did and Gossman and the the Orioles find pitching, they could be a threat too. And you mm. know, uh, it's uh yeah, it, it that's you know, it's pretty basic it's, stuff it's, here. It's it, it's three games in, right? Like yeah, it, but no, I, really I, they're, they're a good team. It's easy to um to play the scare card around the Orioles when they have still got uh, Ubaldo Jimenez stashed <laughs> in the dugout. Like they're trying to hide him. Uh, but he's going to start. He's going to have a job to do and make many starts and play many games. So that And, and the Red Sox are playing Mitch Moreland every day at first base. And Pablo Sandoval is playing third base every day. I mean, this is a thing lots that, of... That gets me when people, you know, I've had people complain about, you know, naturally left field and first base and... And you know this, the the guys around. I was arguing with somebody about you know who was who was aghast that the Jays had picked up Kendrys Morales, didn't like that signing at all. And it's and I, I mentioned to him about the financial flexibility that it kind of afforded them to add more guys than they maybe would have if they'd got Edwin. So you know you get a guy like Steve Pierce, and and, and he's like, oh Steve Pierce, you know holding him, he's no all star. It's like you know every team has flaws, every free agent has flaws, and and. And people really lose sight of that, sort of searching for uh, something to be mad about in that they don't have a perfect team in front of them. Uh, but yeah, the Red Sox, who we've been talking about all winter and all last year, about how terrifying they are. Yeah, Mitch Moreland and Pablo Sandoval, it's ridiculous. I mean, they are still very good, but uh, but yeah, that's that's how rosters come about. Uh, if I was a fan of the Cubs, I would... Well, <laughs> I would be like, we do in fact have a perfect roster. Yeah, uh, and, that's uh, the, true. and the Astros are uh, pretty close, other than their pitching isn't as good. Uh, I, and I'll say this: you know, it's easy to be critical of um, 
of Kendris Morales. I would not put him. I would not put it past him to have a better year than Hanley Ramirez. Like I like Hanley a lot. I, Hanley's like my favorite right-handed swing in the game, but I really think that Morales will be at least his equal um, statistically this year. He's he's you know he swinging it looks a little long sometimes, but as you see mm-hmm. uh, today, he hit that grand slam into fucking outer space. <laughs> he, I don't think I've ever seen a ball hit up there in that in that ballpark. He fucking crushed that, uh, and it's great. He, and he seems to. There was a big joke about him hitting the ball to the to the wall in his first at bat every game. Um, the, you know, I, I got no problem with Kendry, and I, I said that last time we were on that people are going to uh, forget the guy, not forget, but he, he's going to make it easy to forget the guy that did that job before uh, because he's he's good. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. If uh, if if he arrived as a if the timeline was was different, obviously it's going to make things make it a lot easier to to root for. For Kendrys Morales, but yeah, if, if Edwin had gone to Boston for 120 million, then then I think we would be in a different sort of world. But uh, but yeah, as it is, it's going to be a thing. When Cleveland comes to the the Rogers Center for the first time, it's it's going to be a thing. It's not going to it's going to be Bartolo in New York, except probably in more insane. Uh, I don't. I have Bartolo opinions, and I don't know that I'm going to share them right now. No, they're unpopular. <laughs> they are unpopular Bartolo opinions uh, yeah. fuck Bartolo Colon those are my Bartolo that, opinions there, that, is, that would be the unpopular Bartolo uh, opinion they absolutely would um, but yeah other than that I don't know the, so they got the series against the Rays and then they come home and face the Brewers so that's nice again the, the, you know, the Jays won one they got the they st- I think it's so what Cheering for this Blue Jays team or watching and following this Blue Jays team, you don't have... We're very fortunate in that there's no spot in the rotation that you have to wince through. You know, there's no there's no Ubaldo starts well, that you were just like, God we'll help see. us for the love of Christ. We'll see you, are you, are you, are you, did, goes. You didn't. I did. You didn't. High variance. I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm aghast. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not of any like illusions that the wheels might not fall right the fuck off. At least left-handed AJ Burnett is fun to watch. He's, he is. If I'm a, a Orioles fan, I all I want is to I want to <laughs> I'm going to schedule things every five days. I'm going to schedule something else to do. I can't watch that. I can't watch him anymore. Not even I can't watch him. Notwithstanding the meatball that he. Just slung up there for Edwin Encarnacion <laughs> to end their season, um, but the Jays don't have that. Liriano is the opposite. I feel like Ubaldo. If you're an Oils fan, you're just praying for the you know the best worst case scenario. Just don't be so bad that the game is over in the third inning. Mm-hmm. Um, with Liriano, you don't know what you're going to get, but it's like maybe he's going to have a 27 strikeout perfect game like that. That's on the table. Where yeah. Ubaldo, like having like a one, having a fifty pitch two out outing, is on the table, and and yeah. with even when Liriano's bad, he's not going to be that bad because he's just you know not that bad. So okay, fair, fair. And I haven't done it yet, and I've been meaning to. Um, the my feelings for for Marco Estrada have come a long way, um, and the, in that I would say that they are now profound. 
I have profound feelings <laughs> for Marco Estrada. Watching him pitch, especially on opening day, what a like divine, sublime treat it is to watch Marco Estrada when he gets going. He had an at-bat against Chris Davis, who yesterday, uh, the other day against uh, Jay Happ, hit a very long home run to the opposite field. I believe it was a fastball on the outside half. Left on left, too. Mm-hmm. Marco Estrada is facing Chris Dale. Might have been his second or third at-bat of the game. He threw an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, more or less out right down the middle, like directly down the center of the plate, and Chris Davis looked at it. Oh, okay, 0-1. And the next pitch was almost the exact same thing. He threw another fastball, <laughs> this one a little bit further away, and Chris Dale again, or Chris Davis again, looked at it. So now it's like 0-2. And then he tried to throw one up at his eyes, and he missed. And then he, you don't know, what happened? Oh, he, he, threw, he threw one curveball in the dirt, and mm-hmm. Davis held back. And then he threw an 88-mile-an-hour fastball at his eyes, and Davis swung and went and sat down. I, the, the balls <laughs> it takes to throw that fastball straight down the middle at a guy whose job it is is to take that pitch and sit back on it and hit it 380 feet the opposite way and then to do it again directly after oh mm, oh it, it was so beautiful it's like the most beautiful sight in the world it's everything that is right about baseball is watching marco estrada uh, i don't know smart is probably not a fair way of doing it but he's just so um he's so heady and like the way he pitches and the way he sequences and the way he locates his fastball he is incredible and there's nothing like it um right now not on the jays anyway reminds me i've said this before reminds me of cliff lee um it is amazing and you made the case to extend him and i didn't uh what's your case to extend him you you go ahead and give it give it away give away that content that that we have to <laughs> that we're, we're we're buying from the atlantic well there's no case. The, case the case is that he's good and that there's some fucking hole in the rotation anyway and so don't let don't let this beautiful thing you just described get away and let somebody else reap the rewards. It's uh, uh, it seems like a good fit and a and a thing where uh, you know it was hard to buy in and it's been hard to buy in and hard to buy in and I think you just you got to buy in. This is he's capable of of inducing weak contact or uh, and uh, and doing all the things that we've seen him do. He just keeps doing it. Uh, he might look better this year because he's not dealing with that stupid back issue. Uh, so yeah, make it happen. He's it, uh, these these feel like skills that are uh, you know it, he's on the edge of <laughs> the margin for error seems very small. So uh, a lot of things I guess could go wrong. Uh, but I mean he's not relying on velocity. It's an, it, he might age well because he is an older pitcher. I'm not saying sign for seven fucking years, but that's you know that's also the thing too is that you know you need kind of a bridge. Uh, between where the rotation is now and whoever else might come next. And, you know, you're kind of hopeful that the Reed Foley's uh, come along and maybe Connor Green learns how to strike guys out and, and, and things like that happen. But, yeah, the, the the rotation loses two guys from free agency at the end of this year. Liriano and Estrada are both free agents. Uh, do you want to go into next winter looking to pick up two free agent starters? Because I don't think the your fourth and fifth starters next year are... Uh, are, are, are going to come from uh, the minor leagues right now, uh, at least not if you're expecting to be a contending team. And so th- this is, you know, the side note to this is not about Estrada, but but he's here and he's he's incredible, and uh, the, the, it's all reason to sign him. Uh, so I think that that is a thing that the Blue Jays should be working towards. Uh, keep Marco around. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. I, I'm here uh, all day. 
you you wonder how much faith there would be in the business community for a pitcher with his stuff and what kind of um, paycheck he would be looking at uh, should he um, hit the free agent market again. But uh, as I have just said, he is an aesthetic wonder. And I, it was for me, it was a perfect way to start the season, um, just watching him him deal. And uh, it was a great game. Opening day was was awesome. I'm so my wife made a comment to me today, just like she's because I was happily like, oh, I'm gonna put on the stupid Rockies or whoever else I was watching, the Mariners and Astros. Uh, and I was just like, this is like a, like I said, the honeymoon period, and I'm just ha- so excited. And it was such a perfect way to start watching him deal against the trash Orioles and everyone's just talking <laughs> mad shit on the internet. Um, it was great. I couldn't, I wouldn't ask for, for a better start to the season. Um, cause it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to keep going. Uh, and you can continue to find everything Blue Jays related at bluejaysnation.com. Uh, and you can also of course follow, follow, I, I would say follow Stoughton on Twitter uh, at Andrew Stoughton and, uh, where I'm, much, I'm share. much nicer than I used to be. So, that oh is that true i think so i don't believe it not for a second you, you wield that band hammer with impunity just swinging it around smacking people in the head with it yeah life's too short for that man uh <laughs> i just block deplorables that's all i do i spend most of my day seeing fucking idiots on twitter and being like you haven't said a word to me but i still just out of spite i'm gonna block you just in case on the very tiny, minuscule chance of future interaction between you and me, I want you already blocked. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the punishment for the crime. But of course, you can follow, you can get Stoughton's work at uh, Vice Canada um, and The Athletic Toronto, but most importantly, BlueJaysNation.com. Um, and you, of course, can listen to our podcast and maybe you will be popping up here and there um, doing other stuff as well in the, in the coming weeks and months. As, um, the season is finally here. Spring training is thankfully over. Um, full speed ahead. And I, for one, could not be more excited. And that's it. I think that's it. I think that's Don't you have anything else to say? No. I don't. No? You know, going to the home opener? Uh, I haven't decided yet, actually. I'm not sure. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something completely different than that, but that's, that's all right. I was going to say... <laughs> You know, season five of the Golden Girls really gets a little bit too heavy-handed, frankly. Uh, like, so is it more? Is it lots of hugging and learning? There is a lot of learning. There's a lot of uh, uh, issues episodes. Uh, you know, really seems like it ran its course. But then there's you know there's still a couple more seasons to get through. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, frankly. I applaud you, Thank frankly. You. <laughs> spoken I like <laughs> someone, spoken like someone who. Just needs background noise all day, so puts on the fucking Golden Girls. Well, this week. I think everyone knows what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it anyway, and that's thank you for being a friend. Thank you, yeah. Of, uh, of Birds All Day. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back <laughs> next week when the Blue Jays will be in town. Uh, for Mr. James Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day.